Welcome back, episode seven, or you can call it the Michael Vick episode. We just talking, me and Isaiah, breaking down these fights, telling y'all the Gym Chronicles, and then whatever the hell else we want to. Isaiah, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It was a solid week uh, after my car completely went poo-poo on me. Um, I paid it off, so that was a very proud adult moment, even though I'm not driving it. And then, uh, luckily, my girlfriend, Elisa's stepdad, has this record business, and he basically gave me a Nissan Xterra for nothing. Nice. <laughs> so I'm really, I'm really gracious and appreciative for that. So at least I have a car to go from point A to point B in. So I can't, can't thank the man enough because. Really blessed that he was able to be helpful in that situation. So I'm, I'm trapping in a little, you know, you know, Nissan Xterra, but it, and it has four wheel drive. So you know, if we want, it, we ever want to do some Chandler shit and go mud, I have a vehicle. <laughs> this guy, yeah. man. Speaking of which, I was down there yesterday, and good lord, no, no more crackhead or meth head stories. So that's that's a good week for me. I will definitely say that. Yeah, but um. Solid. Yeah, man, the weather's supposed to be nice for the next few days, and then uh, then we're going to get a little mixture of both. Obviously, coming to the end of March, we had a good fight night. We're creeping up on a really good pay-per-view um, yes. in a few weeks, so that's dope. But let's let's jump into the fight night really quick. Uh, you said you had watched from Chris Gutierrez knocking Homeboy out. Yes. Uh, do you want to briefly touch on that? Um, yeah, the back Terrell Dana or – Dana, or however you say his last name, he just had a very weird fighting stance, and he was. I looked at the discrepancies in uh, his strikes, and he had two leg kicks, no body shots, all head shots. So he was head hunting the entire fight, swinging reckless. You know, those kind of like stiff hooks. You know, where their arm is completely extended out, and they're just trying to blind throw right hooks that's all he had was a right hook and then Chris Gutierrez you know was kind of filling him out was you know very balanced and his striking you know they didn't want to go to the ground at all and then uh he tried a spitting back fist at I believe the end of the first round and then going into the second round um it was the same kind of fight and then he caught him he re- he more so he more so caught him with like his elbow and his forearm but he kind of like looped through and hit the back of his head with his fist. And I mean, dropped him just clean. It's, you know, it's not, it's not often that we get two weeks in a row of spinning back fist knockouts, but you know, we did, which was crazy to me. Um, especially last week with Patty fighting, he did, he wasn't the one that did it, but uh, who was the woman fighter that did that last week? What was her name? Molly McCann. So we got Molly McCann with one, and then we got Chris Gutierrez with one. So back to back weeks, spinning back fist means it's, it's a good season. Bro, fight nights is wild too, because fight nights you'll see a lot more of of that kind of stuff. You'll see more spinning back fist, spinning back elbows. The what last year with the when the guys threw that spinning wheel kick that yes. caught dude that had his foot and slept him. Yeah, fight nights, especially in the apex, them shits is nuts because. The level of fighting again it's, it's so different than the bigger pay-per-view cards because yeah. the bigger pay-per-view cards are are usually big names. So yeah, more behind the fights. Yeah. yeah. And those fights are are like 
it, it's it's wild because the fight night you'll liable liable to see massacres too because you'll see uh, a ranked fighter fighting somebody who has no business there, but it's just a next the next notch on their belt for them to get a W, and mm-hmm. you'll see obliterations, and then you'll also see some stuff like that where you just get back to back weeks of spinning back fists. Um, but yeah, after that one, man, we had the Sarah McCann and then Mark, uh, I can't Diakias or whatever. Yeah. And you, you could break it down because my black ass did not watch none of that. Um, the Sarah McMahon fight, it was very, um, it was like watching GSP fight a little bit of the ground, I mean, a little bit of standing work, and then straight to the ground. Um, this is all Sarah McMahon did. It was a pretty balanced fight, honestly, from both fighters. I mean, but Sarah McMahon, I think this is the big difference. As I said, it was a lot of ground control. She was four for six on her takedowns and had 10 minutes out of the 15 possible minutes of control. So it was a very point-oriented fight. They're not doing a lot of striking. You know, neither one of them reached uh, over 100 strikes landed. You know, um, Carla Rosa ended up with 92 out of 120. So it was a very, uh, it wasn't a boring fight, but it was a very ground technical type of fight. So that's why she won purely off of ground control. And then the the Mark Diakias fight was, I mean, honestly, about the same. Um, you know, he kind of started, you know, starting off on the ground. I was just really surprised that he out ground controlled a uh, a Russian <laughs> man. <laughs> you know. But he was the aggressor, I mean, from start to finish, pretty much. He, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of time to get, you know, a solid shot off. You know, it was about maybe, I think it was a total of like two and a half minutes where they were actually standing up between a 15-minute fight. So, yeah, he was he was all business, taking him straight to the ground. You know, landed shots, you know, transitioning well. So... Once again, another like not a not a great, you know, exchange. Just a GSP type style of fight. Just I'm gonna take you to the ground, and we're just gonna hang out for a little bit, and I'm gonna get this W, and I'm gonna go home. <laughs> I heard that. That's that that too. Only commentary I have on some shit like that is a lot of people do that, and it's cool to win the fight. But I hate when people's style is just like that, and then they get upset that they don't get a title shot or something whenever their fights aren't. For for you to come up up the ranks fast, you have to have name. You have to have a name for yourself. So you have to be like Patty the Batty or Connor when he came up, or mm-hmm. uh, Sean O'Malley. And you got to put people to sleep. If you have a boring style, it's harder for you to get a a title shot or fight somebody higher in the ranking system if they don't care about you. If it's just like, oh, well, he's a really good wrestler, but mm-hmm. he doesn't really do anything with the wrestling, or he's a good striker, but he doesn't really take chances or, or put people to sleep. This is what happened to Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards could have, there could have been the case being made for him to fight for the title two years ago, mm-hmm. but he's just now getting a gift. And it's because people say he's boring. Like the Nate Diaz fight. Yeah. He beat the shit out of Nate, but he, it, I never felt like Nate was in trouble of being finished. And no, yeah, I so the, I didn't feel that way either. Yeah. Being but, honest with you. Yeah, but then going from there, we have uh, the first fight I watched, which which was the Neil Magny and Max Griffin fight. Uh, it was a really good back-and-forth fight. Absolutely, Ended up being yeah. a split decision for Neil Magny. Uh, honestly, I thought this was going to be 
uh, one of the one, like contention for fight of the night until mm-hmm. a couple fights later, which was fucking nuts. Yes. But uh, <laughs> it was it's cool to see Neil Magny get his. I mean, he's he now has the most welterweight victories in UFC history, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, man, he came out and uh, that third round especially. Uh, that was probably a 10 8 because, yeah, I, I agree with you. He took total control of that third round. Um, even with his, even though he was like one for nine on his takedowns, his control and then slamming a dude on his head, I was like, yeah. I, thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought he, I thought he knocked him out like for yeah. like that half a second. I was like, <gasps> that was that was damn near WWE style pile driver. I was like, holy, yeah. oh. Especially picking him up from a clinch like that, flipping his body and dumping him. That was crazy to see. But, I mean, I got to give it up to Max Griffin. I mean, he he didn't make it easy at any point during that fight, even though, you know, there was some ground control from both of them. He did, you know, stun Neil Magny there. He was on the ground, and Neil Magny was throwing up kicks, and then eventually uh, they the ref uh, told him to stand up with each other, so. Because I don't think that Max Griffin wanted any of those problems if he tried to go to the ground with Neil Magny, even though Neil Magny was on his back. So overall, though, it was it was still a good fight, and it was an entertaining one. It really was. At any point in time, I was like, "Oh, they're both they're both throwing, and they're throwing hard." And you know, you know, half a second, split second, one of those dudes I feel like could have got knocked out. But by far, I agree with you. That was a 10-8 third round, and it was crazy that it, but the fight was so close. That's why I went to split decision. Yeah, that's that's was what was crazy. Um, I know <clears throat> listening to Bisming, Bisming was like, "This is a ten night, a ten night round, Mike." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, we kind of know, bro. You need to chill out." But yeah. um, it was. I, I think it was cool to see him go back and forth. Uh, those are the style. Those are the type, not style, but type of fights I like to see where it's back and forth, where you don't just see one guy's will just break uh, mm-hmm. in the second round and just be like, ah. Or whatever, it's just it was back and forth, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. Max Griffin does not lose any momentum at all. Yeah, he lost the fight. It was a split decision. It was a good fight. Uh, I think he just he has some holes. Not I didn't say holes, but he has some stuff to work on. Uh, he'll yeah. be back probably three four months and probably be better uh, than we just seen him. And then that that was for, to be honest, uh, going through and looking at a lot of these fights. I'm glad I actually started with this with this fight, and it was by accident. It wasn't like I did the shit on purpose, but yeah. it, it was just like I was on my way home, and then I just like fuck it, let me start this shit. Uh, so I started, and that was the fight that was on. And then I'm glad that I got to catch the the Kai Kara France Askar Askarov fight. This dude, Kai Kara <sighs> France, is out here. I'm, I mean, you you take out the names that he's took out, even in his last two fights, you got to. I mean, you have to kind of put him in the upper echelon of people. And, I mean, his interview, he said, I'm the best fighter in the world. You know, I mean, you take out Garbrett, you take out Askar Askarov. Even though you lost to Brandon Royval, you got to think, Brandon Royval, him and uh, Brandon Moreno went, like, tit for tat in their fight until, you know, Royval got caught. So, I mean, Davidson, I mean, not Davidson Figueredo, but Brandon Moreno's, about to have his fourth fight for the title. So if you look at it in comparison to that, I'm like, I don't know, man. He might be the next one up because he's not playing around. It's all business yeah. with him. Yeah, that's it's what they that's business. what they that's what they said too is uh this is probably a title eliminator because after that fourth fight, 
there's really nothing that they, they can't run it back again. If they run it back again, they might as well just crush the the flyweight division. Because uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just have five back to back to back to back fights uh, for a fucking title. Uh, yeah. Even if the even if they are super close, like let, let's be real, the the, t- the champion has to fight somebody else or, or something because you're just holding up the division. Yeah. But uh, that fight, the Kai Kara France and uh, Askar Askarov. First off, I, I want to say I pick my fighters who I want to win during the walkout, and I already knew that I, I wanted Kai Kara France to win because of how he he killed Cody Garbrandt, and it, it made me feel good because uh, Cody Garbrandt <laughs> is that that guy that has that cocky ass attitude that just thinks. Oh man, like I was a champ before and you guys ain't shit. I'm blah 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 and come out and just get knocked out and and while you're getting beat up, you're like waving to him like, "Come on, brother, it's been and then you go to sleep." So, yeah. uh I was happy for that <laughs> and and this fight, bro. I, I will this is my my roller coaster, bro. So the first round, I feel like Askar or Askar Askarov uh con- he he won that round. He he wrestled yeah. him. It was just like and I was like, "God dang." Another one of these fucking Russian motherfuckers coming out here. He's pulled out of that pot with the fucking Khabib and fucking uh, like all like Fedor and all them. That's what he is. He's, he's a fucking dry, no sense of humor, whatever. And then at the end of the first, whenever he pushed him, kind of, I was like, uh oh. Yeah, and it I felt like from, him off. Yeah, from that <laughs> moment on, Kai Kara France stuffed almost every single takedown. And in that second round, he had Askar Askarov shooting for. <laughs> shooting for legs like his life depended on it because he, yes. he was tired of getting hit <laughs> yes that was that was a big telling thing in that fight and you know i almost i like bisbing but i don't know if you heard a lot of his commentary during the fight he was like rooting for kai car france to win so much he can't he can't get back up into the cage i'm like dude just watch the fight like, <laughs> you're like you're wanting him to win so bad that you're not even you know giving good commentary it, it seemed extremely biased and i kind of didn't like that but 100 percent, like they they kind of mentioned it too and you noticed it on uh, even in the first round so whenever kakar france got took down and askar askarov had his back which is like one of the worst positions you could be in and you're standing and you're just getting tired you're standing up against the fence and it's you know you're running out of energy he never looked like he was desperate he never looked like he was phased or anything. He just had this calm about him. He was fighting his hands good. You know, he was able, you know, even though the round ended right there, and like you said, every other takedown, you know, he's fighting the hands. And he was scrambling out of almost every single takedown. I'm almost just rinsing and repeating what you said, but I liked whenever um, he, like, the desperation shooting as a wrestler. It was like, oh, yeah, he's in his head now. He's <laughs> There's no way. And then, you know, Kai Car France, like, the I think there was, like, 30 seconds left in the last round. And he was like, meet me in the middle of the ring. We're throwing hands. Like, that's crazy to see as, an, as another fighter, like, doing that. Just, you're like, oh, man, this guy ain't fucking around right now. Like, this is going down. So it was a really good fight uh, to see. I think think i mean at least to me it sucks to see how the judges do things because it was a unanimous for kai car friends i think it should have been a split because even though he had that really impressive second round and he was stuffed at the takedowns of the third there's still a lot of control time that askar askarov had but and then when it's in the hands of the judges, you just don't know. And I know it's like we kind of dwell on how the judges score things, but I think the judges 
for that fight were highly influenced by the fact that there's a crowd. This is a Russian wrestler versus, you know, uh, even though he's not from America, but Kaikar France had the crowd behind him. And I think the judges were kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yo, blah, 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 blah. But unanimous, no. I think that one should have been a split. The reason, again, the reason that I don't agree with the split, the only way you're going to get a split decision, it doesn't matter if the fight is close or if the fight is far off, split decision is one judge that sees 100% without a shadow of a doubt that Askar Askarov won the fight. Not that it was two to one where Kai Car France won two two rounds and uh, Askar Askarov was winning, winning one. There's three judges. One judge would have to say um, would have to say Askar, and the other two would have had to say Kai Car France. I think the judges were on par with what they wanted, um, and I understand because yeah. Askarov in that first round did dominate, and the third round was really back and forth. But yeah, bro was two of two of fourteen for takedowns. So yeah. you can see that it was like he was like he was controlling a lot in the first round. But after that, he was he didn't he wasn't comfortable. Uh, he mm-hmm. was shooting just to try to get points, and I think I think that's what a lot of the judges were like. All right, well that's cool. Like he's we're getting not gonna, sloppy. Yeah, we're we're not going to give you a point, or we're not going to going to give you control or something like that just because like you're getting punched and then you're trying to come out of it and take him down, and you're not taking him down, or you take him down but you're not doing nothing with it. And meanwhile, he is he's coming out and and punt like fighting you, kicking you. Uh, even sh- he shot for a takedown. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. The the whole the split decision unanimous decision it's just it just depends because you can see a fight where someone gets the absolute shit kicked out of them and one judge is just like oh well that's cool and it's a split decision and it's not because the fight wasn't was close it's just one judge thought it and you can see a fight like this where it was so close be a u- unanimous decision so it's just mm-hmm. all three of the judges were on the uh, the same but after that man that and again that I was like well that's probably going to be the best fight on the card. And <laughs> yeah, Brian Barbena and Matt Brown and Matt Brown was at home at 41 years old. And good Lord, this was like, it, like I was trying, I was like, as I was watching, I was trying to be like, man, this is like the Forrest Griffin, uh, Stephen Bonner fight from the yeah. first, the first ultimate fighter. And then I was like, well, shit, this is like just a, like a, 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 a schoolyard fight because mm-hmm. I seen Matt Brown grabbing the back of his head, pause. And was throwing yeah. uppercuts and stuff, and I was just like, "Man, this is nuts!" Yeah, but yeah, it, elbows, man. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was just like a bar fight. Like it was, it was like, like they and they, it wasn't like they just stood up and beat the hell out of each other. There was takedowns, there was clinching and stuff, but mm-hmm. the action was so fast and in your face. There was no yeah. rest time, so it was a dope yeah. ass fight. I mean, they were just hitting. It was like, like you said, it, it it reminded me of how some heavyweight fights end up, you know. But with a lot more of a gas tank, yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm swinging for the fences. Fuck you. I'm a, fuck a leg kick. I'm I'm going straight to the helmet. But I like honestly, Matt Brown had a lot more body shots. He was very he looked mm-hmm. polished with his boxing. He just was eating a lot of uh, jabs and hooks and everything else, and a lot of like he was the aggressor for most of that fight. But and he was getting Barbarita to kind of like back out. But when Barbarino, whenever they were, whenever they were standing in the pocket, Barbarino was tearing Matt Brown up. 
I yeah, mean, he's eating his ass up. Yeah, especially with that that elbow that he caught him with. Like, and that's the Matt Brown special. Oh yeah, I forgot Barreta about that. caught him in the clinch and just split split him right under his eye. And yeah, it's a hometown emotion and things like that. And you know, you almost kind of feel bad that Matt, but you know, Matt Brown is. You know, I think he's he might hang it up. Like he's not like he's getting sloppy or he's getting old or anything like that. But if your record is twenty five and nineteen, like start to coach. Like you you had you had your fight in your hometown. And I'm not saying anything bad about Mountain Brown because he's one of the OGs of that division and of the UFC for the most part. And that's what I like. You always know that you're gonna be in for a fight where he can knock somebody out and he's not gonna get knocked out. You know, he's going to try his damnedest to win the fight. But I just think this one was kind of like a telling, like, man, he's – even though he looked fast at times and he had, like, bursts of energy, he's just not the same fighter that yep. he once was. He got hit 186 fucking times. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, that should tell you. Like I, like I said, you he, he looked really good. But, like, you're getting hit 186 times by a dude. Yeah. You, <laughs> And you you took him down five times in in a three round fight. You took him down five times, and he still hit you 186 times. You you got to chill, bro. And and uh, like maybe come back and fight again. Like I I did also want to say this. This had nothing to do with the fight, but like I was glad that that this was like one of the first UFC events that weren't besides the one last week. This mm-hmm. was a it was in Cleveland. It was in Ohio, mm-hmm. so it was cool to just get the fuck away from from fucking Jacksonville or the Apex or Vegas, yeah. you know what I'm saying, or Fight Island. It was mm-hmm. cool. So, I mean, it was cool to, to have something like a hometown hero come out and fight. I yeah. loved that moment, right? But, mm-hmm. like, bro, you got beat the fuck up. Yeah. And, I mean, you did really well. You did really well, right? Like, if if I was – if we were in high school, I would be like, man, you showed some heart. You got beat up, but yeah. you showed some heart, bro. Like, like I, I, you still my dog, bro. And I was just about to jump in, but – but, um, it was it was a dog fight. Like I said, that to me, I, I say that was the fight of the night. And then the next two, like the Alex, uh, the Alexa Grasso and Yuan Wood, bro. Mm-hmm. I I was I was watching it, and then I ran to the bathroom because I hadn't streamed it onto my TV yet. I ran mm-hmm. to the bathroom and came back, and Alexa Grasso was choking the shit out of her. Yeah, I was yeah, like, whoa. Was <laughs> um, and for the most part, you know, I don't really, you know, it's hard to catch like a constant uh women's like fight like that so i haven't really seen a whole lot of alexa grasso fighting um i mean but she's beat you know some some pretty good names you know the only loss that she has that kind of stands out is you know carla esparza and then you know she's kind of back and forth back and forth but i mean to me she's known as a knockout artist like if you look i think the telling thing is when when dc got in the ring he was like that is your first submission win in your career. Like, how do you feel? And she was like, I've just been really working hard on it, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, damn, that was the very first time she's ever choked somebody out. Because, I mean, if you watch that fight, they, I mean, obviously you ran to the bathroom, but they were trying to throw some hands with each other. Like, it wasn't, like, they were really trying to, you know, swing for the fences and then, she got her first takedown, and Joanne Joanne Wood did a good a good job of getting out of it. And then on that second takedown, it was kind of strange because, like, Alexa Grasso got hit, but it was like a weird side trip that she ended up getting mm-hmm. her with. And then whenever she, you know, she it was kind of sloppy her getting her hooks in whenever she took her back, 
and she whipped to the rear naked with her right arm over. Uh, Joanne Wood did a good job pulling that out, but she didn't defend the left hand. So then she just switched, like snap of a finger, just switched to the left, had it under her chin, and started pulling back. Got her to fuck up at it. Yeah, and you saw Joanne Wood. She was wincing. She was trying to fight the hands for like maybe a couple seconds, and then she just had to tap. Yeah, it was it was really strange. Like it was it was a sl- it was a, almost like a sloppy takedown, and Joanne Wood was uh, she was kind of like desperate, like almost the opposite of Kaikara France against Askar Askarov. Like she was just fighting her hands really fast and trying to get them away from her, but it was in the snap of a finger she got she choked her out. Yeah, and it's it's good for uh, Alexa too because they're looking for competition for <laughs> Valentina, and I yeah. mean. You, that's that's an impressive win because the thing the difference is and I know people that have ever listened to me talk women's MMA they think that I'm super sexist and I'm not sexist <clears throat> I might I'm not even like I don't, I just try to keep it a hundred percent real so like I've always been like man Amanda Nunez has had hands but she's not very she's not a good fighter she's just fighting a bunch of nobodies like yeah the the win against Chris Cyborg was very good but they should have ran that back because mm-hmm. again they both they they should have ran it back but. That was her only competition at that weight division. And then when she went back to the Bantamweight, there, she just – I feel like she was just fighting a lot. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. She was fighting in the featherweight, fighting a bunch of nobodies, and then she came back to Bantamweight and then just yeah. got choked the fuck out. So um, with Valentina, Valentina is so – she has a gas tank. She can wrestle. She can punch. She can kick. She's a really good, well-rounded fighter. So yeah. Valentina, like I enjoy watching Valentina fights, but I think I think like Alexa may be next in line to fight Valentina Shevchenko. I would say, in my point of view, this is just my opinion. Nobody has to agree with it, but women's mm-hmm. fighter-wise, Valentina Shevchenko is the goat as far as talent-wise goes. Mm-hmm. Amanda just had fucking she had rockets in her arm. Yeah, she yeah. just had rockets in her arm. Like you gotta like, think she's a she's a big woman like fighting. Like obviously she like beat up Megan Anderson like it was nothing and she's like six one, like six two. But it's intimidating. If you see a girl throw a overhand right that hard, you're like all right, I'm a little timid, like I'm a little <laughs> scared, you know? Yeah, that's the the crazy that like to me too, the reason that it's been so frustrating watching Amanda Nunez is because People like like uh God, I can't believe I forgot her name. I feel like, oh, good God. Juliana Pena, there we go. Yes. Uh people like her, they knew it. They were like, ah, she'll gas out. And that's one of the things is is Amanda fell in love with throwing that, those overhand right punches where she was just like, I'ma throw this shit, I'ma throw this shit, and I'ma throw this shit. And then once mm-hmm. I throw this shit, I'm gonna be so tired that I, what what she did in what fight was it? Uh, Jermaine Durand- uh, me fight mm-hmm. a few years ago was she came out and she was trying to beat the hell out of her early in the fight and she couldn't. Mm-hmm. So then what she would do is she would get tired and then she would take her down and then rest. Mm-hmm. And then that's, and she almost got knocked out with up kicks in that fight too. But yeah. I was, that's, and that was in 2019. That's whenever I was like, this girl is not as good as people think she is. Just mm-hmm. like I said with, with Ronda Rousey, I was like, this girl is not as good as, as people think she is, but yeah. we'll see uh, whatever from what I've heard. She started her own camp, uh, and she doesn't fight. She doesn't train out of uh, America Top Team anymore, so that's cool. She has her own gym. She'll probably come back and fight. If she loses again, she'll probably uh, retire, spend more time with her family, and go go on from there. But 
Uh, I know I was off track, but shout out to Alexa Grasso. And then the final fight of the night, Curtis Razor Blades, Mr. Shoot for a single or double leg himself, coming out and not shooting for a single or a double leg and knocking out Chris Dawkins. With a straight, wasn't even a hook. He did the faint left. He did the... He did the little, the little oop-de-oop. He did the Deontay Wilder, bro. He, yeah. He faded with the left, showed it, and then came behind it with the right. Straight on the button. Couldn't have looked any better, honestly. And then for a second, I thought that Darkus was like going to kind of like turn around, scramble around, maybe pull him into a guard. But no, he was constant. He, like, Curtis Blade saw that. He was like, I have to kill him now. <laughs> And the, whenever Dawkins went flat, I was like, oh, okay, Herb. Come on, Herb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. It, it's crazy, too, because uh, when they announced Herb uh, being the referee, he got the loudest ovation from anybody. Yeah. Uh, In an earlier fight, yeah, Twitter was trending because it was like his first assignment of the night. It was one of the uh, prelim, the early prelim fights. And they were like, and now you're referee, Herb D. Herb goes <sighs> crazy. And he, you know, he does, you know, he does the bow and everything. I was like, God damn, they love her. Bro. Yeah, for real, man. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm gonna look that up. But for Curtis Blaze, man, it was just good to see him come out and after getting <laughs> uppercutted into the shadow realm by Derek Lewis. Yeah, like it's cool to see him come out. And that, DC said it to him perfect. He was like, "You came out and you made a statement. A lot of people, actually, everybody knows that you're gonna wrestle. You came out." And you came out and you, you was trying to bang Pauls, but you was out here throwing them things. And is that like, is that what you're trying to show people is like, I'm not just a wrestler. And he said, like, I just want to fight. Uh, it's mm-hmm. called mixed martial arts, blah, blah, blah. And he said mm-hmm. he wants to fight surreal gone for the interim title. Uh, and then obviously Stipe was there and he kind of DC, DC gave him the floor to be like, Hey, Stipe, fuck you. Fuck bad boy. Fucking straight Tupac, and yeah. he was like, "Hey, Steve, hey man, I look up to you." And I'm like, "All right, it was cool to see him take the higher role." But I was like, "Bro, DC gave yeah. you a lob, but you kind of missed it, bro." You yeah, you missed it. Yeah, he should have called his ass out because Steve hadn't fought since. Yeah, we we all know what happened the last time Steve fought. Yeah, he got so, treated. He got he got hit harder than Curtis Blades got hit by Derek Lewis. Well, and I think too, you know, it's funny is. Chris Dawkins' last loss, Derek Lewis. Curtis Blades' last loss, Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis gets beat up by Cyril Gaon and tied to Ibasa. What's next for Derek Lewis? If we're talking about that division, what's next for him? It's that division is it's it's weird because it's on the up and up, honestly. It, it really crazy. is. It really is. And it's it's crazy because you have like Cyril Gaon, you have Francis who's not gonna fight for a while, and then you have Tai Tu Ibasa who's came on uh really 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 fast and he's yeah. very popular and shit like that but hold on i'm pulling up the ufc uh rankings because the ranking systems to me is all fucked up because mm-hmm. uh obviously you have francis and ganu and then cyril gone and stipe and tai tuivasa right then you have Derek, or then you have a uh, curtis blades at four which he's not gonna do well unless they they move stipe down for lack of uh activity which is fine with me mm-hmm. you have Derek lewis at five which is crazy because Derek lewis stonewalled curtis blades then you have Tom Aspinall, who just beat the shit out of somebody two no, weeks ago or Volkov, something like that. Alexander Volkov. Yeah, yeah, Volkov dropped. Then you have Rosenstrup, who to me shouldn't be that ranked that high. And then, uh, God, well, who was the dude that? Who was the dude that beat? Um, 
uh, Greg Hardy that sent him into retirement. Greg Hardy's last fight was on the last pay-per-view. Um, he fought Sergey Spivak. Yeah. And Spivak has what and I don't even think Spivak is ranked. Um, let's see. No, Spivak is not ranked, and Spivak has wins over Greg Hardy and Tai Tuivasa, and the Tai Tuivasa win wasn't hard for him. And that's what I'm yeah. saying. I think the ranking system in heavyweight is so fucked up, but yeah, but it, like well, you said, it is on the up. I think it's the losses in between. So Tai Tuivasa lost to, lost to Sergey what a couple of years ago. It's the namesake. It's the notoriety. That's why ties. It's. I'm not gonna say it almost. You know, it mirrors like how wrestling is. You know, with you know people getting pushes, but. Ty's getting a lot of notoriety. He's knocking motherfuckers out. He's knocking out big names. So they're like, all right, let's let's have him <laughs> jump up a little bit. Let's see what he can do against like, you know, a well-rounded fighter, which to me, the only thing that I could see Ty Tuivasa doing, right, is fighting Cyril Gunn at this point. Either like whoever fights Cyril Gunn next, I think it has to be Blades or it has to be Ty Tuivasa. That's it. At yeah. least in my opinion, for Derek Lewis, why don't you have him fight Aspinall? Yeah, no, I mean that that sounds part like I told you this. I've said this for the last year or two. Derek Lewis is he should be on his way out, out because yeah, I mean what he he keeps coming out and he'll he looks like a good fighter for two or three fights in a row. Like he had a four fight win streak in between his junior Dos Santos loss. To uh-huh. losing to Curtis, uh, to Surreal Gone, where you're just uh-huh. like, man, maybe this motherfucker is that guy. And then yeah. he loses to Surreal Gone, and you're just like, man, that was just a pressure situation. Then he comes out and looks like a freaking world beater against Chris Dawkins, knocks yeah. him out, comes out, and then fights Tai Tuivasa in his hometown again and gets put to sleep. So it's like, with with him, it's it's really hard to know what you're gonna get with with guys like him. Yeah. Uh, tai Tuivasa. Let's see. I'm looking at so the the only thing that I would say for Tai Tuivasa is if either give him surreal gone or give him somebody in the top five because I think in the top five the only people that he has victories over <clears throat> is Derek Derek Lewis but that's not a fault of his own. Yeah, motherfucking heavyweights just don't fight. Yeah. Like Francis Ngannou has fought probably in the, which is why I, I like I don't I've never cared when people bring up his like oh well he should be paid like izzy and bubble no he shouldn't he fights in like the past three or four years he's probably fought three times that's yeah. john jones level meanwhile izzy kamara usman some of those guys are fighting like 10 12 times in that same span so it's like yeah. nah i miss me with that shit but um stipe i mean get give tied to us a stipe that's a that's a good fight for him to yeah. to just if they're not going to give him surreal gone if they give curtis blade surreal gone Give Tai Tuivasa Stipe and just say, hey, this is a title eliminator. Uh, whoever wins this fight is going to fight for a title. Stipe will understand that you were the champ. However, fuck out of here. Like, you're yeah. not about to just because – or, uh, again, let – let Cyril uh, Gan just fought for Francis Ngannou, right? He just mm-hmm. lost. So mm-hmm. maybe he needs to get another W. If John Jones is serious, which Dana White a couple weeks ago in a post, uh, post-fight – press conference was like i can't wait to see john jones fight this year which i was like wow that's nuts after his wife finally left his ass but yeah <laughs> uh um if he comes back then put john jones versus stipe 
or and and have uh Tai Tuivasa fight Curtis Blades. Like mm-hmm. there's there's so many different things that they can do, like Curtis Blades and Tai Tuivasa for the uh the interim, or yep. or have them as the title eliminator and do Stipe versus John Jones for the uh the interim just because they're gonna say, Oh, well, they're gonna draw more eyes. I understand either way, mm-hmm. but they have options. The thing that the thing that's held up the heavyweight division for so long is the lack of activity. Because even going back to the Randy Couture days, Randy Couture would win the title, then he'd get into it with the UFC, they'd create an interim belt, he'd come back and then fight that guy and then not fight again. Then you have Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar wins the title. Oh, oh, di- di- ter- uh, diverticulitis, I'm out. Then he gets beat by Kane. Kane wins it. Oh, every other fucking month, my knee, oh, my arm, my shoulder, oh, this. And then mm-hmm. the title gets passed around, and then it, uh, from, to Fabricio Verdum, and then to Stipe. And then from Stipe, Stipe fights once every blue moon. Then DC yep. gets it. DC fights, uh, uh, defends it against um, Derek Lewis, destroys him, yep. loses, loses again a year later because, again, Stipe fights once a year. And then Stipe, a year after that, fights Francis Ngannou, who then wins it. And then now he's out for a year. So it's just like, it's if such they a back and yeah. yeah, just get a champ that he, that's going to defend it twice a year or something. Everybody want that's the thing. Like a heavyweight title fight is going to draw eyes because we know, if, without anything else, what we know is most of these heavyweights is going to knock each other the fuck out. Yeah. So 100%. that we want to watch it, but it's hard to make a heavyweight superstar because of that. No, I agree with you. We'll see if somebody's more consistent. I just don't know. When, I too, Vasa would be. Yeah, he's he's fine. You got to think. I've watched his last three fights, and they've been over the course of like seven months. Yeah, that boy. I just come out and bang uh, bloke. So I just want to bang. <laughs> yeah, you know, put me put me in the ring against anybody. I don't care who whoever whenever. Yeah, he's fought. He's fought for real. Like since July last shit since March last year. Mm-hmm. Tai Tuivasa has fought four times. So four times in a year. That's that's the only benefit of Derek Lewis is that he fights all the fucking time. So, yeah. but yeah, these other guys they, they don't fight. But I mean, yeah. other than that, bro, like we said, we got some other headlines that we can move through quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. Nate Diaz asks for his release. Do you think Nate is serious or is he just reaching on on Twitter? Um, what are they doing with him? So no. he want he wants to fight Dustin, but I think the UFC wants to because it's the last fight on his his. Uh, Contract. It's a, they want yeah, to make and it huge. I they want, they want him to fight Connor. Yeah, they want him to fight Connor, and and I don't know. I I honestly think it's a better matchup for him to fight Connor than it is to fight Dustin. Because just I think Dustin is going to run through him. I don't think Dustin is going to play them booty games that Leon Edwards did. I think <laughs> Dustin's going to come out and beat the shit out of him. But yeah. hey, if that's how you want to go out, you do whatever you want to do, Nate. Yeah, I mean, at this point, there's only like a few names that he's signing the contract on. Those you know, those two. Yeah, I mean that would be or Masvidal. Yeah, but but we'll get Again. to Masvidal. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to his antics. My goodness, I I don't know. I mean, if he wants his release before his last fight, I think it's stupid of him because he he can make so much money. He's his name to. his namesake alone. Like, why would you ask for that? That's not a smart business move. But I he's, get you know he's getting yeah. older. You know he's kind of reaching that gatekeeper level and he don't like it. So he's just trying to, I, I guess, go out with the bang. So I, to speak. 
I honestly think that he's just playing his character. That's his character, which is to just be fuck the system type shit. And oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's from Stockton, bro. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think I think he's just doing that. I then he knows they're not gonna release him. And if he if they do release him, like, oh, we're gonna do go fight some no name in Bellator who might beat your ass and then your name just gets you drugged through the mud for the rest of eternity. So it is what yeah, it is. Yeah, he he don't want that. I no. Like you said, I mean, I could agree with you. Like, he's just playing up to it. but Or he's trying to get that power move over, all right, y'all can release me unless you're going to give me more money. Which, yeah. he, which, I mean, to me is, like, perfect for him because, you know, Dana knows how important he is for pay-per-views and generating money. Yeah. Dana, Dana will, I don't think Dana will necessarily cave, but he might bump up his number a little bit. Not yeah, no, completely. he's... He's definitely going to bump up his number. And the thing, the thing that Nate, I, uh, the thing that Nate, and I, I think Nate understands this, especially if this is going to be his last fight, why not make his last fight the biggest possible? Mm-hmm. And again, du- I love Dustin Poirier. Man. I ain't going to say love him. Dustin's a cool, a cool dude and whatever, but Dustin Nate ain't going to make as much noise as Dustin Con- or uh, Connor Nate three, because Connor Nate series, you have Connor or Nate come out and choke out Connor in the first one. Then mm-hmm. you have the rematch, and then you have Connor win a unanimous decision, uh, which could have went either way, honestly. Yeah, but you Connor gets his win back. He doesn't finish him. It's one to one. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of thing. And Nate was already signed. He was already contracted to fight Dustin like two or three years ago, and then just randomly pulled out. Mm-hmm. So you know what I'm saying? Like I don't really. The Nate the Nate Dustin fight, I would watch it, but I know that I know that Connor Nate fight is going to do bananas. And I also know that if they don't do it, then the only other person that Connor can fight is Dustin. Unless he fights Mr. Also getting arrested, Jorge Masvidal. Hey, perfect segue. Perfect segue. Let's dive into it. What the fuck? I mean, I, I guess if you wanted to show how hard you were that we could do this outside the cage type shit was Masvidal's way of thinking, especially because, you know, Kobe was saying all that bad shit about Jorge's kids and everything like that. So I can respect him. Like, no, nah, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to ride for mines, but bro, you showed up to a nightclub masked up and then you did the like cardinal sin of a fighter and you press charges against him. I think Colby just lost a lot of respect for a lot of people like that at the snap of a finger, bro. Yeah, that was I, crazy to me. Yeah, and I, I think he did, but at the same time, he didn't uh, just because it's the same. And for one, I think the only reason that he's doing it is because he he ran up behind him uh, and and they were, he was just leaving the steakhouse. Uh, I I understand it and I don't understand it at the same time. For Jorge... Like I get it. Like he, Jorge is upset, and what he's trying to say is, is uh, what he's trying to say is, is like, nah, you're talking about my family. Mm-hmm. But uh, there is a YouTube video that was released that you can go back and listen to all of the trash talk that Colby said about his family. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was mentioned about his kids were, Jorge, you're a deadbeat dad. Your kids don't love you. You're a deadbeat dad. You're you're you don't even make enough to pay their child support. You're on child support. 
So it wasn't like he was attacking his kids, but I get it, right? He mentioned your kids, you gotta, you gotta do it. Mm-hmm. The thing with Masvidal is, is bro, you you got out of it the first time whenever you ran up on Leon, because yeah. you could have went to prison in in England and been over in the Brittany Griner situation, right? Yeah. Because Trump ain't in office, he ain't coming to get you, my guy. Yeah. So because Biden gonna forget after him, like you say, who? Wait, what happened? What was like that's name? yeah, it's I a wrap, but. I get it. I get it. Colby should not have pre- he should not press charges, and I think he may pull out of it eventually, just because he's going to catch a lot of a flack for it. But that flack, I honestly don't think he gives a fuck, mm-hmm. uh, because he's just like I don't really care. Fuck you, bro. Blah blah blah. Because um, everybody, I mean, everyone knows Colby's not a tough guy. Colby's not. He's not even coming out. He's he he doesn't have the street persona. Uh, the only issue I have with Masvidal. The biggest is is you had a signed contract to fight him, and you got washed. You had one moment, mm-hmm. so then you take it as I'm going to meet up with him, or I'm I'm going to come to a steakhouse, wait for him to go outside, and then run up behind him and mm-hmm. swing. Bro, mm-hmm. just catch a fair one. Oh. If he's if, at least he's like, no nah, hell no, don't turn around, no nah, hell no, get your bitch out and then go, but don't just come sprinting full speed outside. And then yeah. just, just I, still I off on that it. For sure, um, he was masked up, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like you couldn't <laughs> even like tap him on the shoulder and give him a, a like a split second to react and be like, "All right, I'm gonna fuck you up now." <laughs> like yeah, no, yeah, get that. yeah, yeah. That's that's my biggest issue with it. Like I said, I. I don't give a fuck if he. I knew some shit like that was gonna happen. I honestly thought it would have been Dustin more because du- like what Colby was saying to Dustin about Dustin and his wife calling his wife a cuck and saying Connor is uh, getting paid to blast your wife, like hump yeah. your wife and whatever. I Dustin run up on him, bro. I'm I'm fine with that. But like the whole Jorge thing is is just like you. I get it, bro. You get you you go back and forth with this dude for years. You keep telling everybody that he's scared of you. Then he doesn't want to fight you. Then you get signed to fight him, and then he just runs through you essentially. Where, which is why he kept saying, "I don't want to fight down. I don't want to fight down. I don't want to fight down." What do I gain out of this? I don't gain anything out of this. The only person that can gain something is uh, Street Judas, and he fights you, and then he runs through you essentially. And then afterwards, you're so embarrassed because this man said so much shit about you, and you got embarrassed in front of millions of people, mm-hmm. and then now. You run up behind him, like you said, you don't give him no warning. You don't say, hey, bitch, you know who it is, and then just start some shit. You run up behind him and still off on him. Bro, yeah. like, 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 that's what I said. I respect him because his, his family was mentioned. He stood up for him. Mm-hmm. But I also think that he should have done it a better way yeah. of, like you said, hey, bro, you know who it is, and then bang. Or, yeah. hey, do tap, tap, bang, that. something. Yeah, but yeah, Kobe, Kobe. Kobe's losing a lot of street cred, uh, which at this point I don't really. Think I don't think he, he had a. Yeah, I don't think yeah, he had he, a lot of it to begin with. No, he, he was didn't. just a good fighter. So yeah, he's he's a lone. Kobe's a lone wolf, and that, that's Kobe's just. Uh, and he he's made it known. I'm playing a character. Everyone knows that. Jorge knows that. He said it. I'm selling the fight, and I get it. Some people don't want to be pushed that way, but what? Some, <laughs> well, what? What? Some, and I seen this, and I was like, it's another layer to the story. Ben Askren says George says that he would never talk about people's family and he would also he doesn't want kids 
to think that for you to sell a fight, you have to talk to people like this. But if you go back and listen to what George was saying to him, Ben Askren, he's the same shit. Yeah. So now what is Ben Askren, which he won't because we know better, but what yeah. is Ben Askren supposed to wait for George to get out and come running at him from the <laughs> side? And just, yeah. Take him down and hold just him down. Double leg him? Yeah. Until the cops come? Yeah, let's, let's yeah. do that. Yeah, no. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to – I don't honestly think that they'll press full charges. I think he'll get out. He'll probably have some fucking community service or whatever, and that'll be yeah. it. But they were talking about like 15 years or some shit like that. Nah, I don't think it'll be that that serious. Nah. I mean, like I said, to to me, it's I think he lost not necessarily street cred, but respect of other fighters. But I don't yeah. think Kobe had a lot of it to begin with, so it doesn't even look like that bad. So, I mean, to, to me, I just found it funny that he was masked up and did it. <laughs> I mean, that's what cracked me up the most, no lie. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So, before we, we quickly touch base on uh, your your Dolphins getting better, <clears throat> um, po- potentially, Gym Time Chronicles, bro, what's been happening in the gym? You you got any stories? Um, I am – Trying to think back and see if anything. Um... But I'll give you this that chance then. Okay. All I want to say is, so last week we talked about in the sauna or or whatever really in the gym. If you see somebody working out by themselves, like don't come up to them and try to talk to them, right? Yes. If you are going to do a TikToks in the fucking gym, make sure it's not packed. Make sure it's not mine. packed. It's way yeah. better than mine. <laughs> make if it's make sure it's not packed because yesterday I went in the hit chest and. Um, the, the, like by the dumbbells where the benches and stuff are, I was going to do dumbbell bench, uh, dumbbell incline and stuff and, and keep going. Right. And it's packed. I'm like, all right, man, that's cool. Well, so I just do, um, bar barbell bench just to warm up and I see people starting to leave. So I walk over there and this dude is doing a fucking TikTok and like reshooting it over and, and i'm like bruh like get the fuck out of the way <laughs> so if oh you're a listener God. and you go to the gym like i'm not i have tiktok right like i fuck with it and i even share some clips from this podcast and shit on it to get us more notoriety so i'm not anti-tiktok but if you're gonna do tiktoks in public make sure people don't need that shit like get the fuck out the way bro i, I will say wholeheartedly and humbly that if you're worried about what your content is going to generate in the gym, you ain't working that hard in the gym. Facts. I mean, that's, uh, you, I mean, you can't argue with that point. I mean, who the fuck? he was reshooting it too, bro. Like, what? yeah, he kept, he kept, I guess, messing up or something. He would walk up to it and stop and then discard it and then start over and then run back to the spot and then redo it. And I'm like, and then some dude walked over to him and was just like, Hey bro, you do you using this? And he was like, Oh no, 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 no. It's just like, you see, like, I get it. If it's like three in the morning or three, four in the morning, or there's just nobody there. Like, by all means, do it. I don't care. I have no issues. I've watched people do TikToks. I watch the occasional women or girls or whatever in the squat rack shooting TikToks or shooting their IG profile pictures and shit. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, if it's packed, get the fuck out of the way. Get the fuck out of the way. 
That is crazy. No, I never thought that. Because, I mean, nine times, we go at different times. So, typically, whenever I go, it's, like, right around 3 o'clock. You know, it's, you know, it's right, it's the calm before the storm. So, you'll get, like, some availability on the machines. And typically, people that are going there around that time, it's either high school kids or people, like, just getting off of work. Uh, an older crowd, a little more of a mature crowd. So I don't know how old was this kid. Like I have to know. This is so <laughs> he looked like. I mean, honestly, he looked like he was in his mid twenties. Mm. Yeah, like I said, get made. I, I be- mean, make I your, better make hope your, for us. <laughs> shit, yeah, right. Make your make your money, bro. Like I said, like TikTok is a, is a if you use it right, TikTok is a good way to get your publicity out there. But you just you got to pick and choose your times, bro. Like you can't you can't just take over to a whole gym. Just to shoot one TikTok, like like I said, if you want to ask people, like, hey, y'all want to be in this TikTok and then shoot it, that's one thing. But, like, don't just take up my time, bro. I'm there to work and get out. Like, I have a schedule at the gym, bro. I'm trying to get in there and, and crush myself and and get out. I ain't trying to sit here and wait on a fucking a mid-20s guy to shoot a tiktok over and over and over was and it was it see... a was it a dancing tiktok or was it a no 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 no, no, no. Was he was he was doing like a skit or some shit where he was like like doing being two separate people so he set it up and he was shooting it so okay so just just jump into tiktok before free agency so the way that most people do it is, is they'll shoot a full like they'll shoot a snippet right and it'll mm-hmm. be from one point of view and they'll shoot and they'll they'll like say stuff and then they'll stop and then they'll say stuff again, and then they'll stop, and then they'll res- like they're responding to someone. Then yeah. they'll switch angles, and then sometimes like take their shirt off or something, and it'll act be like it's somebody else. And then they'll oh, do the oh. same thing, and then they'll edit it so that it's like they're responding to Themselves. someone else. Yeah, yeah. It's like a cl- so that's yeah, yeah okay. that's what he was doing, and I was like, get the fuck out the way. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, if yeah. you're committing that much time, yeah, that's you doing too much. Yeah, I don't yeah. even. I have a small one. It's not as bad. It's not as egregious as that one. But I was sitting in the sauna, and of course, I always like. I don't. I don't know. I'm weird. I always like to sit at a like me looking at the door. It's just easier for me. I can see if somebody's coming. You know, whatever. I just, that's just my comfort. And I always sit up on the second uh, row of seating. So I'm sitting there and I'm just kind of chilling. And then, you know, somebody's walking in, you know, they're, they're changing into like one of those sweatsuit looking things. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the shiny black or silver ones. And, you know, he's changing his shirt. He puts the shirt on and then he gets like bare ass naked and like, sit. <laughs> It like sits back on the bench with just raw cheeks on the bench and then and then <laughs> and then puts puts the, the bottoms on. And I'm like, bro, I'd rather you go in the shower so you don't have to sit on that. You know how sweaty and nasty that bench is? You just gonna put raw cheek on there? Come on, bro. Like, do do better. I mean, that's just my sniff away. That's just my quick one. I was just like, eh, I don't know how sanitary that bitch is, my guy. Oh yeah, bro. They eating that he ate that shit alive, pause. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, so that I mean, that, another week of Gen Time Chronicles. People, if you're listening, please, please be aware of other people's time. You know what I'm saying? And then also be aware of bacteria and germs and shit. Like, ain't nobody trying to come in and sit down in that spot. I'm probably gonna have to sit in that spot that he had raw cheeks on. So come on, people, do better. But <laughs> Isaiah, man, you're 
really, I, I even was looking it up as we were, have been talking. There has not been too many big name, big moves. Uh, obviously, people are worried about where Baker goes. We don't really have to talk on that until he finally goes somewhere, if he goes mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. But your Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. trade for Cheetah Tyreek Hill. Tell me from your words, how does this impact not only the Miami Dolphins, but how does it also impact the Kansas City Chiefs? Um, I'll start with the Kansas City Chiefs first. I don't think they're going to be hurting too bad. Yes, there will be a difference. It's, it's, it's undeniable. It's going to happen. But I don't think they realize that they have other fast receivers on that team. So, I mean, yes, there's Cheetah or Tyreek Hill is a he's he's a fast guy. He's a he's extremely athletic. He's a great route runner. He is extremely fast. He he made a huge difference and a huge impact on that team. But the Kansas City Chiefs are very plug plug in player type of team. No, nobody's going to come in and make that same impact, but they're going to spread the wealth even more. You know, I think he'll have two to three downfield targets versus essentially one. Because, you know, if he wasn't throwing it to Tyreek, DeMarcus Robinson wasn't catching as many passes down the field like that. You know, if it's not intermediate, you know, yeah, you guys signed, I mean, they assigned Juju. Juju's more mid to intermediate type stuff. So I think maybe they'll kind of change up the offense a little bit. They're not, there's not going to be as many chunk plays, but they're still going to move the ball methodically. It's Andy Reid. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to plan around those things. It is a loss, but they're still going to bounce back. I 100% believe that. And, you know, you get a more of a downfield, you know, smarter in-between-the-tackles running back, not discrediting uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but, you know, he's the change of pace. He's the pass catcher. Signing Ronald Jones on a one-year deal, Ronald Jones ran for 1,000 yards two years ago, and he got caught in the wash with running back by committee style that Tom Brady uses. And Leonard Fournette was able to, you know, be the average, all right, he, you know, 60, 70 yards rushing, maybe 20, 30 receiving. That's what Tom Brady needs in that offense. So getting Ronald Jones is I think a, a sleeper signing by the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's fast. If he gets to the second level, Ronald Jones is fast, which is kind of what you need. So, Kansas City Chiefs, they'll still be all right. I, I 100% believe that, and I'm not just you know saying that to say that. There's a lot of other factors that go into that. As far as my Dolphins, I am praying. I am praying to the Lord above that Tua comes out and balls out. Because he has absolutely no excuse this year. Yep. You, you know, even if Devontae Parker leaves, Jalen Waddle, you got Tyree Kill, Gasecki gets franchise tag, we get Raheem Mostert, Lord willing he stays healthy, and we get Chase Edmonds, we improve the offensive line. We go and we get Connor Williams, and we go and we get uh, Armstead, Jaron Armstead. So at this point, bro, what are we gonna do like if if we fail this year we're going to look like absolute idiots even with teddy two gloves who is you know teddy two gloves ain't throwing the ball 60 yards out of the field but he's gonna move the ball 100 yeah. he's gonna move the ball especially with those types <clears throat> of weapons around him 
can you think back to any team that he had those good of weapons on? The Vikings, a young Stephon Diggs. You know, it's it's not it's not necessarily the same. And yeah. in Carolina, he didn't have anything. He was a product of the system to move the ball enough in New Orleans whenever he was there to get those five wins in a row. And at Denver, yes, he ate Russell Wilson, but you're still able to win games with almost no consistency in your run game. And, you know, having a lot of, to me, kind of unproven receivers, you know. Now everybody, like everybody knows that Jerry Judy went to Alabama, but Jerry Judy had a more of impressive season, even with dealing with two different quarterbacks. So I hope that they kind of open up a little bit more for Tua as far as the offense goes, because of course everybody knows I'm a Dolphins fan and I'm getting those shitty memes of Tim Tebow, <laughs> Tim Tebow throwing the ball and it looks like a goddamn duck or you know, the Jordan face on Tua's body and saying Tua when he realizes that Tyreek Hill is 60 yards down the field wide open or whatever the case may be. So to everybody that's doing that, I'm tired of the abuse because I've been dealing with it for several years, okay? When we signed Jay Cutler, I had to deal with the same thing. Look, I'm going to remind people, and this is this was not a huge, huge thing. Before this is, and I just want people to know this, and I'm on, I'm on board with Tua right now, all right. But this is the last chance. But I want people to remember how good Tua was at one point. At one point, his last year at Bama, nobody knew who Joe Burr was because Tua. Not because Joe Burrow wasn't good, but because Tua was that guy. Tua could throw the ball down the field when Tua came in. And took over for Jalen Hurts in the what the SEC championship game, mm-hmm. or yeah, the reason that that they rolled out with him is because he could stretch the ball down the field. Now you get to the NFL and you turn into a fucking Kyle Orton. So you know what I'm saying? Like we need we need something better from you. So I I think I think this is the Dolphins' way of saying like, hey, look, we are a younger team. We have speed everywhere. If we had if, if we had to put together a, a relay team for every team in the league, the Dolphins would win, bar none, with Waddle, Mostert, and Cheetah. That's a wrap, right? So mm-hmm. there's speed everywhere. We can throw the ball down the field. We can, we can uh, do a lot of stuff. Y'all's coaching staff has gotten a lot better. Maybe not head coach-wise, but you guys mm-hmm. do have Wes Welker down there. You do have Pat Sertain down there. You do have a couple of former players down there, mm-hmm. which are it's it's always good. You guys took somebody, I believe, from the Broncos staff and then somebody from the Niners staff. I would just mm-hmm. have to look it up to remember. Yeah, we kept our D.C., and then yeah. we got Mike McDaniel, who was the O.C. for the 49ers. Yes. As the yeah. head coach. Right. Y'all have no... I ain't gonna say y'all. Tua has no excuses, like you said. I'm. I think Tua can get it done, but I will also say that's a rough division with fucking the the Bills and the Bills. I I feel like every year I'm like, man, is this the year that they're gonna come back and look worse? And they just keep getting fucking better. So, uh, and I fuck the Bills, but like you have the Patriots who they looked well last year too. Mac yeah. Jones is gonna keep getting better as well. So uh, I think early – I think this may be the first 
four to five games this year. Obviously, I'd have to see the schedule once it's released, but uh, Tua is going to have to come out fast. And yeah. if not, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, y'all are drafting a quarterback in next year's draft. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unavoidable. Or, you know, we try to do something crazy and get some Baker Mayfield. In, in free agency. Baker Mayfield. I hope not. <laughs> Baker. But, okay, okay, all right. Who are you picking, Tua or Baker? Uh, well, Tua has never started a full season like Baker, so I don't know. I think he's so. I mean, on paper, on paper, when Tua got drafted versus when Baker got drafted, Tua was on a dominant team. Baker was on a good team. That's why Baker went one. Tua went three or four over Herbert. Because Herbert played in Oregon, I think the problem that we're dealing with now is Brian Flores got so frustrated with Tua's inability to move the ball at times that that's why Tua's never had a real shot. And uh, I, and I and I hate the fact that I'm covering for Tua right now. Goddamn it, it hurts. I don't, me. I don't think you're covering for Tua, but what I will say is is so the thing with Brian Flores is Brian Flores is a defensive minded guy, and he came from that Belichick tree. Where mm-hmm. offense does they don't if you look at even early this year with the Patriots, they were making Mac Jones throw check down routes. That's mm-hmm. the same thing they were doing with Tua. They don't believe in opening your offense, and that's what until Josh McDaniels uh there for a stretch with Brady, uh that's mm-hmm. what you were seeing is more check down routes and, and it wasn't until maybe mid year to the end of the year that they started letting Mac sling that shit, right? Yeah. So I think this will be the perfect year for Tua to finally come out and slang it. I don't think it was necessarily just like Flores's like non-trust in Tua not throwing the ball down the field. I just think that's the style of offense he wants. He's he's a <clears throat> Belichick style guy where it's a we're going to try to move the ball, grind the clock, and we're going to play great defense, and we're going to try to win a fucking ten to three shootout or something mm-hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I we, but we, but we don't. I mean, the, the the great thing about it is, is we're about to find out. Yeah. <laughs> is it the truth or is Tua just ass? <laughs> yeah, we we will we will see. We will yeah. see. But uh, That's for sure, you got anything else to bring up before we wrap? No, man. I'm just it's interested to see what happens when uh, August September gets around, as far as all these crazy free agent moves and a lot of good fights are coming up. So. Can't wait for them to get done so we can just talk about it. Hell yeah. And the last thing I'm going to say before we wrap, uh, if you're listening still, leave us a review. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Uh, check check me out whenever I post snippets on TikTok. Like, review, tell us what you want to hear of. If you want to jump on maybe an episode or something, let us fucking know. Um, and yeah, just just let us know. But other than that, man, I'm I'm that's all I got. You got anything? No, sir. That's all I got. All right, man. Next week. Yeah, we'll talk to y'all next week. We out. Peace.